think a lot of hoteliers don't know what's changed in technology. If the bricks and mortar are gone in the morning and you have a database with 200,000 clients on it, you could set up next door and get on with it. Mm. I think what COVID did was it took so much knowledge and resources out of the industry. It's not a selling technology, it's enlightening people as to what technology has done, how it's moved on. Chef Table Podcast by Hotel and Restaurant Times. Welcome to our industry podcast. In this episode, we speak to Cleo Gara, Country Manager of Guestline in Ireland. Cleo is no stranger to the hospitality industry, has worked for many years as a GM and has a wealth of experience. In the podcast, she tells us how Guestline can help you with your solutions for property management, smart distribution and guest engagement. We hope you enjoy this and find it invaluable. Don't forget to attend our Connect Ireland event happening on the 24th of November at the Guinness Storehouse. All the Chef Table episodes can be found at our website hotelandrestauranttimes.ie forward slash podcasts as well as on Spotify and YouTube at Hotel and Restaurant Times Podcast. I'm here with Cleo Gara. Cleo, you're probably well known in the hotel industry. So give us a little bit of background about where Cleo came from. Well, I'm probably well known, Cyril, but um, I started in Fitzpatrick straight after my leaving cert. In fact, I don't think I even had my leaving cert results Mm -hmm. when I started my training program with Fitzpatrick's. Was that in Killiney, was it? In Killiney, and Mm -hmm. I had a little trip down to Shannon at the time. And Mm -hmm. um, I went then from, I didn't finish my training with Fitzpatrick's. I went to Paris and I worked in the Hilton International in Paris. I went to the Hilton International in Brussels about two years later, came back to Paris then and worked for the Accor Group for in the Novotel brand, Novotel Defense. Mm-hmm. And with them again, I transferred to Novotel in Guernsey and did an opening there. So I had two Hilton International experiences, I had two Novotel experiences. And then I worked for St. Pierre Park in Guernsey and came home then in 1992. So I was 10 years out of Ireland. So mm-hmm. when I came back into Ireland, there was people I didn't know, and I had my first job in the Tower Hotel in Waterford. It had just done a big refurbishment, just added mm-hmm. on all those extra rooms and the leisure centre. And as part of the story that they were renovating, they looked at their technology. Mm-hmm. And we implemented a programme called IGS at the time, which was coming into Ireland. That would have been about 94, 95. And I then went to work for them in 96. Right. So I've hotels and technology overlap all right, the time. Right, so what were your roles in the hotels at that time? Can so at, at the stage that I came, so I suppose in the Hiltons and that I was always front office, I was always uh, front office and technology driven. I have very little food and beverage. Please don't support mm. me in food and beverage. I'd be charged for breaking the plates. Yeah. Um, when I came home to Ireland then in that role in the Tower Hotel in Waterford, I was the front of house manager. So everything that was sales and marketing, everything that was front office, front um, housekeeping, 
supporters, all of that were under my remit. It was a pretty unionised environment and that was completely foreign to me. I'd never been in a unionised environment. Waterford's a very unionised environment at the time because mm -hmm. of Waterford Crystal. So I, I learned a lot about both how to work and develop but also how to understand what the people that were working for me wanted. So I, I was very driven by both of those things. And then we changed our computer system and I was always ahead of technology because I'd been away, I think, ahead of most of my peers here. And so I was very driven by that and I approached the company that were in selling IGS at the time. I think they were called LK Global then, now, then Soft Brands, now Infor. And I went to work for them in 1996. So from 1996 to 1999, I worked for them. And if you remember, every day of the week, there was a hotel opening in Ireland. And mm. there was new hotels. It was the boom. Uh, we were installing all over the place. I think I installed 50 different hotels in Ireland. So there isn't a hotel that you could put the name in front of me that I wouldn't know what day it opened, who mm. opened it, what their strategy was, what they were trying to do. And I think when you train people, like I would be training eight at a time, they really trust the trainer. So it really helps me in my role now because I keep meeting people that I trained and they don't see me as a salesperson, mm. they see me as a person that implemented and worked. And know? when you work in the Irish, in the Irish hotels and then abroad, mm. I mean, with the, you said that the, the disparity was mm. that Irish, Irish hotels are probably old style? Well, I wouldn't say that, I would just say that because I was in big brands like Hilton mm. International and like Accor, we had technology ahead of what would have been here in the private independent properties. So for example, how would the Irish hotels have been working compared to your So when I came name? home, uh, originally, when I came back into Ireland, there was two or three brands on the market that had in, in the technology world. They would have been all DOS based. There was no digital then, Cyril, if you think, mm -hmm. you know, you weren't designing your clients, you weren't having a relationship with mm -hmm. your clients, uh, you didn't have a website maybe. There was right. no OTAs. So mm -hmm. all of that was, was different. So all of the technology would have been server-based, on-premise, you know, um, it would have done taking a reservation, check someone in, check someone out. We wouldn't have expected it to do anything else. Okay. So that's what was there. And that's so the basic function. Basic function. And it, like the PMS was always the, it's called the property management system because it ran everything the property needed to run. Mm -hmm. And everything else that was part of what the property did was plugged in, like the telephone system was plugged in, the minibars were plugged in, the televisions were plugged in, the tills in the bar were plugged in. So it controlled, it was the, the master mm -hmm. controller. And even now with all the digital it's still the master controller everything is still if things are working right they're all plugged in together if you go off on a tangent and you have things working in silo and not back into the PMS mm. you've lost the data loss of communication you don't know the the, up, the latest update from your client and you could be sending the wrong message okay so so that's the way it was then and and then from that role I went to open Beauty's Hotel in Ballsbridge as a general manager and everyone would have thought that was a strange step but I had installed systems for them before so they knew me and I worked then for 10 years for them so I was out of technology for 10 years. I then went to work for Lynch Hotels for a year before they went into receivership and my final hotel role was in the Glen Eagle in Killarney for five years. I was the CMO, so everything to do with sales and marketing was under my remit and revenue. And to be fair, technology can be the bane of my life or the aid of my life. Mm. And if my team can't get their job done, more often than not, they'll say, the system's not working here, or I can't pull that out, or this is on a go slow, or my emails won't connect with that. So whether I liked it or not, I was always running the technology. Mm -hmm. because the technology stopped me being successful if it wasn't functioning. Right. 
And so in 2016, Glen Eagle were revamping everything and uh, we were out of the recession and things had moved ahead. And if you remember, the digital world had taken over. And a little bit like that, we had things in silo that weren't connected in together because we had no other choice. That's these digital solutions came along and didn't connect to old mainframe mm. PMS. So we were charged with our plan for that year was to look at what was on the market and to see where could we go. And it was the beginning of talk of being in the cloud and not having server base. And we tendered three different companies and one of those companies was Guestline, who I work for now. Mm -hmm. And in the door were two of my previous colleagues from mm -hmm. SoftBrands. So naturally there is a trust. Mm -hmm. And naturally if they tell you it works, you sort of believe them. Mm -hmm. and, and we looked at everything they had to offer. And the reason why we would have made the choice to go with them was not only that they had what we were looking for, but they were agile and willing to adapt and give us what we needed. We had different needs. We were an event centre and four hotels. So we felt that they spoke our language and were willing to work with us, where a lot of the other solutions we looked at was this is how it works, take it as it comes and, and get on with your mm -hmm. lives. And we sort of never felt that that's how we treated a client. So we didn't want to be treated like that either. So in essence, technology in a sense could be construed as being a sort of a, a bugbear that something you had to have and it didn't really have to really operate very well as long as you just done the basics. Yes, and I think in, in every meeting I've had with clients, um, every event I've run, every chat I've had with my own colleagues and my own boss is that in a funny way we need to educate people to not accept that. Mm -hmm. You need to demand that your technology does more for you. You wouldn't accept that the beef supplier brought you the same beef you bought you 20 years ago and doesn't tell you about the sustainability process or anything else. So why do we just say, well, that's the server sitting over there doing what it's done, it's always done that. I have a really good example. Recently, my lease on my car was over and I needed a new car. And everyone will know that you can't get a car for a lot of money at the moment. And they offered me um, the same car as I had, I couldn't get. And I thought, well, I really want the same car as I had because I, mm. I like that car, it works, that's the one I want. And they offered me a different car. And in the different car that I took, it has technology that I wouldn't have even known to ask for. Like it reads me my text messages, it reads me my team's messages. I'm not going to crash the car trying to read an email. I wouldn't have known that that existed. And in a lot of ways, I think a lot of hoteliers don't know what's changed in technology and would accept and buy what they have now instead of saying, well, what I have now, yeah, it'll do. But it's not how I'm going to take my business into the future. I'm not going to future-proof my business with what I have now. Mm -hmm. And the people that are coming into the workforce now have different languages, they have different skill sets, uh, they are not going to do mundane tasks and input reservations or input data into an accounting system. They expect that the systems do that for them. Right, they're present, what they yeah, all that yeah. information. Like, if they're not an app for that, they say to me, when yeah. I ask them to do yeah. some mundane task. Yeah. And so if you want to um, attract smart young staff and, and retain them, you need that the technology is stimulating them that they are not doing mundane tasks. And, and that's one of the biggest demands I have. Or people would say to me, our staff fluctuate and we're moving them to try and develop them and keep them focused. So we need to move a lot of people through the front office. So we can't be training them for six weeks or six mm. months. They need to pick it up and run. Right. So that's the demand that's been put on technology today. So that's been very almost foolproof. Intuitive. 
is what yeah. I think. And yeah, yeah. not mundane. You're not entering reservations or entering spreadsheets. Most of it's doing itself. And the big change since COVID is the client is really willing to do more for themselves. They've learned their air code. They've learned how to shop online. They've learned how to do things they would never have dreamt of doing mm. before. Like they would not go on holiday and expect to check in at the airport themselves or check have somebody check in. They would expect to do it themselves. So now with all of the new technology that's come out over COVID, one, because in COVID we were demanded to do it so that people could social distance. Now we're demanded to do it because there aren't enough staff to manage the tasks. So as much automation as possible, the, the idea would be the guest makes their own booking online through whatever channel you choose to let them make it. That booking is tokenized and popped into the PMS with no humans touching it. The guest gets a pre-check-in and will pre-check-in. So not only are they pre-checking in and saving you time, it's suiting your sustainability policy because there's no printing of reg cards, there's no ink being wasted, there's no reports being printed for them. Mm. They're now, uh, and they can pay through an e-commerce link, so they're paid, checked in. Your only role is to hand them a key, or if you have a digital key solution, you're passing them on the digital key. But you, if you look at hospitality at the moment, right? Mm. If you look at hospitality at the moment, um, you know, have, the, the, have hotels embraced this new technology or are they, are they still a bit? We have never been as busy as we mm. are this year. We have never, each month we do mm. record installations and each month we think, well, that's it, we'll never do it again next mm. month. And next month we're doing more. So every month this year we beat our record. So we didn't suffer in... Mm -hmm. um, COVID because we installed virtually and we kept our numbers but in 2022 we have uh, outstretched any budget or target we set ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I think in a lot of ways hoteliers were down in their business themselves, owners were in the business, they were seeing the frustrations, their business mix changed, they were now dealing with independent clients who had different demands than tour groups or groups. And they realized that they needed more automation to manage that. They lost a lot of their resources that had been with them for a long time that knew how things worked. So they needed simpler solutions that they could train to the young staff mm. force that they had. And yes, they're making changes. And I would definitely think those changes will run into 23 and 24. Right, they'll embrace yeah, it. They'll embrace more. it. And, and, you know, I was at a conference in Northern Ireland recently where somebody said, you know, as hotel managers and hotel owners, you can't be technophobes. Mm. Like, the next generation are coming along and they don't know the old way. They don't want to do it like mm. that. Mm. They want automation. But obviously, the, the, I suppose one of the things that any hotelier would ask, and, and we worry about it today, the cost. That's the big, the big thing. It's just going to cost Well, I have fortune. a great story to that, Cyril, and it's yeah. never failed me, and it's not a sales pitch because mm. I did it myself in Glenigo. Most of what they're paying for now, they're paying in direct debit, they're paying monthly, and they've never sat down and analysed what they're getting for what they're paying. I had a recent meeting last week in one of the biggest hotels in the country, and I told them to go down to the accounts office and pull out the P&L everywhere that they have different tools that they're using for their technology. Some of it will be in their marketing budget, some will be in their maintenance budget for some reason, that's where technology used to go. Mm -hmm. And put it all together and put it on a spreadsheet and come back and tell me how much money they have to spend. Nobody has ever come back and told me the figure, but they've all been able to buy. Mm -hmm. There's an awful lot of money that they're spending monthly that they're not conscious of.
Mm. Uh, we don't nowadays nobody selling what we're selling sells in a capex model so they mm. don't need to put 20 30 40 50 60,000 on the table they would buy now in a monthly per room per month fee which is very manageable so it's a monthly fee that they're paying there's no need to save the christmas money or the voucher money for christmas they would pay a monthly mm. fee that normally is adding up to be less than what they're paying for the stuff that is out of date most new technologies like ours now would be unlimited licenses so as many people can have it they can work from home they can have it on several devices and also you are never on an old version of software anymore when you're cloud based you're updated all the time Mm -hmm. so you're completely future proofing your business Mm. and that that would have been a a disadvantage the older systems where you had to buy a new license and not only that but let's say some new update came out on an old server based thing if your server was of an older version it couldn't take it so you'd say I won't take the upgrade because I haven't the money to change on the server and my PCs wouldn't be able for that so we'll stay on the old version and you'd be losing out on the new integrations of the new technology so all of that is a thing of the past and I think too uh, we would see now that nobody wants everything from one provider everybody wants the best breed so they will take us for the channel manager and the PMS and other tools and then they'll take the best CRM tool that they can find so that they can manage their sales and their customer relationship piece they might take a piece of reputation software that they can manage their reputation online Mm -hmm. and they might buy a couple of other tools that allows them to have a brilliant system say the best point of sale that allows them to use their food and beverage area to the best of their ability and so at the end of the they could have six providers providing their overall solution but all of us behind the scenes work as partners we all know each other we'll take the pain out of it we would never have uh, say to the client oh that's not me it's him it's him it's not me we would say leave that with us we'll talk to them we know how to map that and we'll come back to you and I think that's what the hotelier wants much more as we want them to demand more of their technology we don't want them in the comms room Yeah, yeah. So in essence, it's all about integration, isn't it? It is all about integration. And everything must integrate into one core. We're the core that they integrate to. So take, for example, uh, your profile information is in our core. And we know what you like and what you don't like and what you've eaten in the restaurant the last time you stayed with and what wine you drank. That information then is pulled into a CRM system that would send you out an e-sign that would invite you back for a special dinner occasion that you're coming to. We don't want to invite someone that is that way inclined back to a weekend break with kids. So you really need to have that core information mm-hmm. in your PMS and use that data to target your clients. But well, good idea. It's essentially it's it's you know giving you information that you may, maybe weren't aware where you had previously. Yeah, I think I, I met a hotel a few weeks ago that said forty percent of their business comes through OTAs and they've no relationship with that client. Mm. And I thought forty percent that you can't repeat, that you don't know anything about, that you know have given you two hundred and fifty quid for a weekend break and, and you can't interact with them. That has to be a sin. And the biggest value you have as a hotel, in my mm. opinion, again remember I work for big brands mm-hmm. like Bewley's and others, is your database. It's not the bricks and water. If the bricks and water are gone in the morning and you have a database with 200,000 clients on it and you know that every wish and every like you could set up next door and get on with it. Mm-hmm.
So, yeah, yeah. And, and not knowing this is, is it's valuable information. It's unbelievable. And I think we now as consumers, if, if even your grocery store sends you something that you don't buy and didn't like, you think they don't know me at all. What are they doing sending me this? I don't buy nappies. What are they doing sending me this? Where if they sent you the best roast beef for Sunday, you go, oh yeah, I've been fancying roast beef. Yeah, well, they obviously have, they have a system yeah. like a, and a few purchases. But, but we all as consumers expect that from retail. Why don't we demand that of hotels? Mm -hmm. yeah, it's yeah. the same consumer. And what about sustainability? Because that's something that... So everyone is talking about mm -hmm. that now. And every hotel I go into, I might sit in front of 10 or 12 people when I'm presenting. There's always a green person in the room. There's someone that charged, is charged with their green philosophy mm -hmm. or their gene policy or uh, sustainability. And before it was about being green for being green's sake. Now it's being green for economical reasons as well as green's sake. So th mm -hmm. there's the two heads in the room normally. So... Step one, it's uh, not server-based, so you're not having some big electric, electric system mm. sitting in the corner uh, pumping out dust and taking in all the electricity. You're accessing the cloud, so it's much, much easier that way. Two, you print practically nothing with our system. You're not printing arrival lists, you're not printing fire lists, you're not printing registration cards, you don't print the guest bill, mm -hmm. you email the guest their bill, they email in their registration. So your printing costs are minimised, absolutely minimised. There's an inherent saving on the environment. Yeah, so not only is like people say to me, we can't afford the trees, but what about the ink? Do you think about mm. the ink? The ink mm. is now more expensive mm. than, the, than the paper. Mm. So they're saving hugely in printing. So often they would have a policy where they're cutting back on their printing and they can really see their return on investment. Mm. So they're not wasting the energy and they're not printing. They are hugely sustainable. And in regard to, we'll say, you know, urban and rural, like I mean, would you find sometimes it's more difficult to sell to a rural scenario than against the... Our market is very much the independent property. So they mm. are actually more outside of Dublin city centre than they are in Dublin city mm. centre. They're nearly all leisure driven or leisure and business driven. Mm. They're mostly owned and managed by either a group or a family environment. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy for us to get close to the decision makers, to the mm -hmm. owners, to understand what they're trying to do, and to really be seen as someone that's enabling them deliver on what their plan is for their business. So I have no preference for either R. I do a lot of work in the North as well. And the, the first thing is to get to know them and understand what they're trying to achieve, and then understand where we can fit in with that match. Mm -hmm. And, and normally, um, I, I've yet to come up with someone that I can't deliver what they want. Sometimes it's finding out what they want is the yeah. difficult piece. And maybe but they don't know themselves. They, they often don't know themselves. And I, I wrote this um, checklist that I provide for them to help them. And they find that really useful. And in that checklist, it's the part about checking where your money's going right now. Mm. Ask everyone in your team what they want out of it. If you want people to go through two weeks of training and implement a new system, which is tough on them, you need their buy-in. So the sooner the team are bought in and can see a benefit for them, the more easy this installation is going to be and the more smooth it is and the happier they are after. And it's funny where you might think, well, they've had all this technology and they've all these new things. Mm. They might come back and say the biggest thing they got out of it was employee engagement. It's mm. the first time all of their employees have been brought together and they all understand what everyone's trying to achieve. But this is all very cost-effective. Very cost-effective. Cost mm. Very cost-effective. Yeah, so they're not spending money on no. 110 licenses. No, no, no. They're not buying licenses at all. They're paying per room per month. Mm -hmm. If you look at the, the, the hotels at the moment and that, mm -hmm. there, would you have any concerns with the industry? 
I've, I'm in the industry since I could reach a counter. My first mm. job, I was, I think, my summer holidays after my intercert and my year after, and then I ended up in Fitzpatrick's. That's how I got into mm. Fitzpatrick's. I had two summers in Dunmore before that. So I've never not been in this industry. It's in my veins. Mm. And we've had recession, we've had tough times. I have never seen it so decimated as COVID. I think what COVID did was it took so much knowledge and resources out of the industry and raped us of all of that experience. So not only are we now in 2022 that has no history, we can't look back on last year or the year before, and 2019 is a century ago practically in reality. And we are dealing with people that have no knowledge of what to look back on. And when they see the figures, they don't understand them. They don't know how to read them. Um, and that's the smart end of things. Mm -hmm. I think in the service end of things, we've nobody training the next generation. I was so lucky to be trained by wonderful people and to train on everything I knew. And now when I'm out and about, even if it's only out for a coffee, I nearly want to go and help the guy making the coffee because there's no one showing them how to do things. Mm -hmm. and, and they've lost customer care. And in some cases, customers are impatient and not nice to them either. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're suffering from things I never suffered from. Like I was really well trained. I was well guided and mm. clients were nice mm. I think now it's a tough time in the industry and I think you know everything we're hearing about is um, how to attract the right talent into the industry and mm. how to maintain them and, and our event that we have in a few weeks time we'll talk mm -hmm. a lot about that that's key because all the technology in the world won't replace the wonderful people mm -hmm. so it's a good combo of having great people that don't have to have cumbersome technology and that gives them more time with the guest okay and just on that there like you have the event coming up now on the 24th of november and what's the plan? Why did you decide to have this event? Again, from the outset in my role in Guestline, I've always felt it was my job to educate hoteliers to demand more from their technology. Uh, nobody takes hoteliers out of their business every year and says, this is what's going on in technology, this is what you need to ask for, mm. this is, you know, and they can be two or three years in their own property and not see what's going on anywhere else. Of course, if you belong to a big group, you're seeing all of that, but if you're an independent, you're not seeing all of that. So, um, before COVID, I would have run this event every year, and uh, we decided we would run it again this year. And we didn't, it, it's not a selling technology, it's enlightening people as to what technology has done, how it's moved on. But the core piece and, and the people that we will have doing most of the talking is where the industry is at, sustainably, where the industry is at, where the industry is at from a human resources point of view, how to attract the right resources, how to maintain the right resources, how to stimulate them, how to train them, how to motivate them, how to guide them. And uh, in part of all of that is to deliver easy technology at every sector. It, it's not just the PMS. We have loads of other providers with us that will bridge all of the gaps that technology mm. creates. So that if you are lower in the resources you've got or they're less experienced, they will have the time to do what they need to do and they're not bogged down with technology. So it's a general overview. It's of an overview, yeah. And we have great people coming. And to be fair, we wouldn't have a room full of great people if there wasn't a great need. Mm.
there's a great need for this event. Right, right. And how's the take-up? Has it been good? Oh, it's, I think it's full. I think we're waitlisting now the last few people. Right. Um, we would expect 100 people in the room, and we're sort of at that stage now. Any more than 100 people, and it's you can't really give the undivided attention that you want mm -hmm. to give. And I'd really like everyone to walk out of that room with one piece of inspiration, one thing they will go back and do in their own mm -hmm. business, mm -hmm. whether it's their HR policies, whether it's that they look at how they flex their staff, whether it's they look at their technology, if they implement it one tip of the day, they're going home rich. They've gone what they came from. The one, the one, mm. yeah. one thing, you yeah, know, yeah. one thing, or even to go back and ask more questions. Right. And who, who, like, who are some of the speakers you have? Or who are some of the so we have Kathleen Lenahan, who mm. is most renowned in HR in the country, I would imagine, and mm -hmm. she is going to give the keynote speech. Um, we have representatives from the IHF, the IHI and mm. NIHF. It's mm. always good to see the border crossed, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love doing events up there and mm. they love coming down here because it's even just a change of scene mm. is, is great. And, but to be fair, we all have the same issue when it comes to attracting new talent and to maintaining new talent. And if we never had COVID, we have a new age group coming in that are completely different to our age group. So there'll be a lot of chat about that. We have a panel then of partners that work with us um, demonstrating where they can help out with hoteliers and um, it's a little bit pick and mix you don't have to have everything but you could pick two or three different solutions mm. that would give you what you want depending on your needs um, from our guest line point of view we're showing our roadmap and where we've gone with complete automation now you can check yourself in check yourself out so again there are businesses that are built to need that and there's other businesses that want to plug it in when they need it so, so we've all of that and then just a general sort of state of the nation where the business is at where the industry is at what's happening for 23 and like that, um, it's the same day as the IHI dinner, so it's mm. normally a great old day, and everyone's mm. a great long day. It's a long day, but it's a great day. Because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think everyone, the awards that night, we're a sponsor mm. of the Revenue Reward. And mm. I just think it's the day of the year, is Thanksgiving Thursday, that mm. we just acknowledge our industry for the brilliant industry mm -hmm. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're looking forward to a good day? Well, I'll probably have very sore feet. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking yeah, forward to a great day. You'll probably be knackered. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but one, one of the things I suppose that um, you know, with, with younger people and that, do, do you feel that they they would demand they 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 would expect to have that technology available to them? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and they won't do they just won't do mundane tasks they'll either do nothing or chat to the customer but they're not going to mm. sit and enter data that's not mm -hmm. what they want mm -hmm. or they don't see the point in it or they can't mm -hmm. understand everything else they do is automated why is this not mm -hmm. automated mm -hmm. so yeah they're very demanding and I think you have them for a short time now where when I went into the industry you're in it for life now you get these guys for a short time so you have to get them in get them trained get them useful mm -hmm. quickly and, and they'll move on Mm -hmm. or you're moving them off. But you mentioned there the fact that people have been able to boot themselves in mm -hmm. and that there, I mean, is that, you have to be, I, I, I assume, conscious of the fact that you still need to keep that, you know, in, individual sort of interaction with people. Yeah, sort of. I think people worry a little bit about that. And mm -hmm. again, when I'm presenting, you see people going, where's my job? She's just eliminated mm -hmm. me in her presentation. Mm -hmm. uh, you will always need the comfort factor. You'll always need the reassurance. You'll always need your very welcome and your dinner's booked. Mm -hmm. and, and here's the restaurant and there's the lift. And what would you like to do in the area? Isn't that much nicer than saying, please give me your credit card mm -hmm. and have you paid and, and all mm -hmm. that horror of filling out a registration card. Yeah. But there's no love in that. We mm. might think it's 
nice. It's not nice. Mm. And more often than not, I have too many bags in my hand and can't do everything. So yeah. I would think if all the housework is done before you get to check in and that they can completely concentrate on you and make your experience rememberable, that's much mm. more valuable. Yeah, that 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 that'll eradicate the the sort of sense of checking in. You yes, know. yes. So to wrap up, can we say that you know Guestline definitely would be the the go-to company you look out for your your requirements in that field? Um, if I was to describe Guestline, I think we're a very agile company, and if you're going to partner with somebody, some relationships with your PMS last longer than some of the weddings you sell. Mm. You know, you could be 20 years with your PMS provider. Yeah. And so, in the first instance, you have to be sure that they're sustainable, mm -hmm. that they are financially well backed, that they're here for the long haul, that they behave like you behave. If you want to look after your guests and give them a great experience, that they provide that same sort of service as you want to provide. So that's you start and make sure your core values are the same mm -hmm. once your core values are the same the technology will be tough and there'll be hit and miss and there'll be days when you'll you know think what am I doing with this piece of technology but all that's manageable if you have a good relationship and you're working with a company who can make it happen for you and solve the issues that come up as they come up and always be future proofing you you don't even know what the client is going to be demanding in the next two years but we are we're there thinking about it and we're talking to people and we're making sure we'll have it so as you say you're future we're future-proofing, we're agile, we're customer-focused. Mm -hmm. um, it's a wonderful place to work, which means everyone you interact with in Guestline really cares about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Their knowledge. Yeah, very knowledgeable. 80% of us are ex-hotels. Um, in fact, when you get three or four of us in a room, you have hundreds of years of hotel experience. Yeah. That alone is valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're technology driven, but we're selling services to hoteliers. So we, we understand every niche and cranny of what that hoteler is trying to achieve. And in most of our language, we're thinking about the guest. We're not even thinking about the hotelier. We're one step mm. ahead and saying, what is the guest willing to do? Where do we need to interact with them? How do we need to solve that for them? So if we can remove the guest frustrations, we're removing the hotelier's frustrations. Right, and making it more seamless and yeah. enjoyable experience. Yeah. Right. Okay, I think that's it. Cleo, we'll leave it that, and I hope the event goes well in the 24th. Okay? Yes, thank Thanks you very much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed Cleo Gara and her insights into what Guestline can offer you and your business. Don't forget to attend our Connect Ireland event happening on the 24th of November at the Guinness Storehouse. You can follow and subscribe to our channels with all our podcasts available on our website and on Spotify and YouTube. Bye for now.